Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports week 5 of the podcast already. I can't believe it's actually been this long. It's been really fun and actually unfortunately this is going to be our first episode with just me and James. Dylan feels like he's a little too important for us this week and is <laughs> not going to join us. But no, I'm just kidding. He has his own plans. We had to have to record a day later because of myself. So he was unfortunately not able to make it. But we are going to be able to use that as an opportunity to kind of change up the format a little bit. With just me and James here, we don't want to kind of go over any of the big topics or anything like that. And instead, we kind of want to just talk about everything that's been going on in the last week. And kind of just going through that, making sure you're all informed, sharing our opinions on that a little bit since... We're definitely the little two more vocal ones, and we kind of just say whatever we want while Dylan's kind of there to back us up whenever we say something <laughs> stupid. So he can't do that this week. But, as always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren. I am the mostly the host for the podcast. Kind of came up with the idea. I'm a marketing student in Wisconsin, obsessed with esports, really trying to get into it. And I have my awesome co-host with me again, as always, James. And I'll let you introduce him, as always. Yeah, so uh, I'm James Scram um, from Canada. <laughs> it seems to be my kind of my stick these days. Uh, um, I'm a soon-to-be not healthcare security officer, switching fields and going back into retail, which is always a good time. Um, and also the legal agents manager for Honor Esports. Um, been f- obsessed with esports since the uh, since I f- it was introduced to league, and now I'm here. Found Andrew through Reddit, and this is this is where I winded up. <laughs> yeah the beauty of reddit you can always find something you're not expecting there love it man love but it. yeah so today like i was kind of saying we're just kind of going to go through some weekly news kind of talk about the big things that we kind of saw that popped out to us we have five four six articles we'll kind of see what we feel like talking about how long we go we're just going to kind of blabber on for that but the first thing i really want to kind of talk about it's probably the most fun one and something that's really been kind of talked about a lot in the esports community the last week is going to be the overwatch teams are finally announced so we have all 12 of them we have the shanghai dragons the dallas fuel the los and the san francisco shock the los angeles valiant boston uprising seoul dent the seahole dynasty <laughs> new york excelsior um wow these guys do not make it easy to kind of just list off you know you can't rhyme off these names at all man oh my god no the philadelphia fusion the florida mayhem the Los Angeles Gladiators, the London Spitfire, and the Houston Outlaws. So I guess just kind of looking at the character designs, the logos, or anything like that, any of those teams really kind of pop out to you, James, as a potential favorite or anything? Uh, I, I mean, I hate to play bias, but I mean, the Soul Dynasty looked pretty, like, I mean, the black on gold looks looks great, man. Or the gold on black, sorry, looks, looks, looks pretty sharp. Um... That being said, like San Francisco Shock, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just trying to like the 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 black contrast. Like they all look really nice. Like San Francisco Shock and the the Houston Outlaws. Like those all look really real clean, man. I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, I'm just kind of looking at them. I have like all twelve of them just sitting right here in front of me, and I don't know what draws me towards it, but I love the London Spitfire. I guess when I first saw the logo come out. I just thought that was really kind of unique and not where I thought it would go, but it kind of really encompasses London as a whole, kind of going back to World War II and all that kind of stuff. But also, the blue and gold just looks really, really good, I think. I'm usually kind of a black and gold guy, the simple, or even the Shanghai Dragon. It's just the black and red. Yeah. Kind yeah, of my yeah. go-to colors. It's just... But I've just seen those done so many times, but the light blue and the gold just really kind of looks 
different, and I just like that. No, no, I I totally agree, man. It looks it's a sharp it's a sharp logo. I think it'll stand out too. They're, like I they, I found some of these like they, they came across real good initially, and then some of them flopped. Like I don't know about like Excelsior. Like uh, I don't. I, <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. I think that's just a uh, mistake. Yeah, I everything agree, man. about that is a mistake. The logo doesn't scream anything about me, Excelsior. All I think of that is a hotel. I mean, that's not very intimidating. I know the meaning behind the word, but to me, that just... The colors aren't anything unique. I mean, the Excelsior, Boston Uprising, and Fuel all pretty much look the same. Yeah, just, absolutely. The colors are just mixed up a little bit, so... Yeah. I, I think they could have done that better. Yeah, I agree. I like I like Boston Uprising's, like, their name. That's like I, I, th- I think that's a really good one. Um, even with Dallas Fuel, Dallas Fuel makes perfect sense too. Like colors, yes. yeah, it could have been a little better. But like New York Excelsior, like I don't. There's so much more you could have done with that. You so much more you could have done with New York. Um, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think out of all of them, between that and and the Florida Mayhem, like I like the logo, but and like I don't know, Mayhem's like a good name for the team, but I don't know. Those I think those are probably my least my my two least favorite. Yeah, I mean, I. Personally, don't like the logo at all for Florida Mayo. I mean, out of all the logos taking out Excelsior, I think it's kind of the most tame. Like it just, it just <laughs> seems done. I'm just it, you're probably it right. it mayhem to yeah. me. Yeah, no, true enough, true enough. I mean, yeah, like the the one that I found that's super, that's super generic but never seems to like look poorly is the Gladiators one. Like you can never go yeah. you can never go wrong with a lion's head. Like that's always like. It's a safe, a safe logo, but it looks sharp when it's done properly. And yeah, they like LA, LA nailed it for sure. Yeah, and I mean Philadelphia Fusion—they're not flashy or anything like that. The the gold and black looks clean. Like I don't have any problem with that, but I definitely think Dynasty and Spitfire are probably my top two in terms of looks. And Mayhem, I would be fine if I never saw that logo in my life. <laughs> hey, man, it's, it's you know what? Korea's doing it right again, man. They they, they nailed it. They definitely <laughs> do. Both their teams have just been really, really good. And I, I should take that back. I feel bad about being so mean about the logos and the names for Florida and New York. But because someone put time into that. Yeah. But, like, just ask your community. I mean, you could have found someone on Twitter that would have came up with better logos and a name than that or I, do a I, poll or something yeah no I, I was just gonna say i can guarantee reddit there's been so many sub like you know subreddit or like threads about these logos and somebody doing them better i can probably like it, it happens every time right yeah but that's that's the internet someone yeah. always wants to show someone else someone always wants to do something better and sometimes it does and i do think some of these logos could be improved upon but also there are some of them that have hit it right on the spot oh yeah and I think this is just kind of seeing the logos has really made me excited for the Overwatch League for the first time. It's really been a big topic in esports for a while now, but I've never really been that into Overwatch. I've never really cared too much about this, but kind of starting to see it come together. And I love the team skins. I think that's going to be really cool in game. So just kind of all of this is really kind of getting me excited for it to get up and going. That's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think I think introducing the skins from the get-go is a really smart idea. Gets uh, get some team identity out there and stuff like that. I mean, it's a it's a wicked branding like pitch, right? Like, you're not gonna have to wait for your team to win worlds. Like, no, no, no. Your teams are here already, and they're not going anywhere because it's franchised, right? Or well, yeah, yes. yeah. So like, here you go. Here's their here's their static skins. 
So yeah, no, I think it's I think it was a smart move, and like yeah, like you said, like giving giving the teams an identity and seeing them all put together really kind of dr- like really draws you in. Like I mean, like just like you, I'm 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 into Overwatch, like I play it, but like I mean, I'm not like a fanatic about it. But seeing all the the, the twelve teams strung together looks looks real enticing. Yeah, but what this really really gets me excited for, and kind of what will be our next topic is, I want to see the logos and the names for the new uh, League of Legends franchises. Mm, I yeah. mean, that's kind of coming around soon. I mean, they said sometime in November that the official teams will be announced, and I don't know if the logos and locations will be announced, but, I mean, preseason's starting just in a couple days, and yeah, literally, that's got to be coming two out days. eventually. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I, uh, I'm still, I just still don't know what they're doing. Like, I still don't know if they're going to go location-based, kind of like what, what, uh, Overwatch is done. I have no idea what their angles. I don't know if they're going to keep half the names and stuff like that. If it's still going to be FlyQuest, TSM, all that stuff. Yeah, it'll <laughs> it'll be interesting, and that's something will definitely definitely come up because I know you and me both are the kind of the big League of Legend guys on the podcast. But that also gives us the opportunity, without Dylan getting in our way, talking about StarCraft and other <laughs> and every other esports yeah. in our terms. Yeah. We know League of Legends. That's all we know. So that's what we are going to talk about right now because we had the world's finale go on this last weekend. And for those of you that didn't watch, I guess spoilers, if you haven't watched by now, I don't think you're ever going to watch. But um, Samsung Galaxy beat SKT 3-0 to win the, um, the League of Legends World Championship, which I think to a lot of people was a very big surprise, especially in the 3-0 fashion. But I guess something even more kind of controversial coming out of all this, beyond the big upset and people saying the end of the dynasty, is just kind of the raw emotion that's kind of came out of Faker at the end of the tournament. And that's something that I kind of want to talk about more than the actual game, because the game was great. Samsung Galaxy did a great job, and they deserved to win. But just kind of what are your thoughts about seeing that picture and the video of Faker just kind of breaking down after all of it? I mean, I feel like I feel like Faker's emotional break was it, it seemed to get more it seemed to get more like more traffic than Samsung actually winning. He's like, you, this is the first time we've seen this caliber of player, like literally the best in the world, have like a like like an emotional breakdown. Like, I mean, we like you don't. I mean, like maybe emotional breakdowns a little, little, little over the top, but like I mean, we've never seen this guy cry. We've never seen this guy get emotional. He's always been humble. He, like when even when he gets frustrated, you barely notice it. You like if the player cams on him, like when he may die, like solo or something like that, he's it's a slight twitch at best. But this guy's never really conveyed like a, a heap of emotion. And now we like after they got three would you see him like hands, in, like his head in his hands, like balling and like this is just i think it's more of a shock like if you if you going back to reddit if you browse any of the threads on there people are heartbroken over this like this is something that people don't experience people aren't right like used to this so like yeah no i think like and that's and that you gotta worry about his his mental fortitude like i mean like that kind of devastation for somebody his age like you gotta wonder if that's gonna have a long-term effect on him if that's gonna do something like i mean he was in front of millions of people like both online and and you know in person like that the arena was huge right like that and it was packed so i don't like i'm i i hope he recovers i hope this isn't like i hope this is just like an in the moment thing and it wasn't something that could be a like serious for him down the road no yeah and i'm 
I, it sounds weird, but I'm really happy that we kind of saw that side there. Because I think a lot of people don't think esports are as serious or that people still kind of take it as a hobby. But this is the equivalent to a Kobe, a LeBron James, and any of those amazing players, Aaron Rodgers, breaking down after a Super Bowl or something like that. That these players for League of Legends, Faker, they put just as much time and emotional effort into these games. And they hate just losing just as much as every one of us. Just because it's a video game doesn't mean you can't get emotional over that. And I loved seeing that side. And you're right. Reddit was absolutely devastated <laughs> seeing him cry. And, like, I even felt for him. Like, for me, I mean, Faker's just an unbelievable player. And I think of him as a robot. He doesn't really show much emotions in interviews or anything like that. That's the first time I've seen him do anything besides just stare at the computer screen. Uh, so yeah. seeing – whoops. No, no, go, go ahead, man. Sorry, sorry. Sorry to cut you off. So, yeah, just kind of seeing that side of him, I was really happy because I think two things are going to come out of this, that maybe this is the end of SKT's dynasty and maybe other teams are going to start catching up. Or Samsung Galaxy just created the demon of League of Legends and this kid is going to come back better than ever and is just going to put no mercy onto any other team and just kind of use this as motivation and I'm really excited to kind of see where that goes because I don't think SKD's done Faker definitely isn't done so this kind of sets up that big I wouldn't say redemption arc because SKT's so amazing but you can definitely see people are going to be even more hyped to kind of see how Faker responds to all this yeah, and that's like that's the interesting part too. And just I just kind of wanted to go back on your LeBron comment. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, this is seeing like one of the greats like show convey that amount of emotion. And, and the thing is too, these these great players in like these other sports usually there's an age like uh, like difference between the two that they've d- developed like the emotional the emotional walls and barriers that needed necessary to to avoid like a mental break and stuff like that. But Faker still like is 21, right? Like, I mean. That's a, that's a that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, right. And for that for that sort of emotional response, like I mean, you get you got to worry. And uh, and that being said, too, in regards to how SKT is going to recover, um, they suffered a pretty significant loss to EDG back at MSI in 2015, and they basically baited Faker into playing one of his pocket picks, um, LeBlanc, who's never been defeated, and then like in China won, and the the, the Faker that came from that was absolutely terrifying that guy was he was a different kind of player he was already dominating then and then he was just like another tier above that it was it was it was ridiculous so i think i think faker's that kind of player that if this doesn't you know do anything that we've been talking about to him i think he's just going to come back come back even scarier and most likely kakoma is going to rebuild the roster around him because that seemed to be that seemed to be like kind of on a closing point of this that seemed to be the main issue is that between him and Huni, um, the the rest of the roster wasn't really doing all that much. I mean, that being said, the the, the faker or the the Huni Yasuo pick was a little questionable, but I mean, well, that's a <laughs> that's a whole other topic. But uh, um, no, yeah, just to kind of close on that, I think that's what's gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see a scarier faker, and we're gonna see a rebuilt SKT. And I mean, just kind of to show them a little bit of respect. I mean, I think we need at least touch on Samsung Galaxy, unlike every other podcast or news source no one really seemed to pay them any attention but i mean just two weeks ago we were talking about three weeks ago whatever um talking about domination in esports and how we could see skt going on a couple year victory yeah. and now samsung galaxy comes back after not doing well in the lck 
to winning the tournament and beating a team that no one expected them to. So I guess we can't really talk about that long-running SKT, but I'm just impressed with how Samsung played, and I'm just... I guess I want to say I'm happy because I love to see competition. I think both these teams are going to come back because Samsung won't want to lose next year now that they won, and SKT is not going to want to lose again. Well, that's just it. They're the title holder now, right? And the thing is, too, is and people started noticing this once they got out of play-ins or, uh, or group stage, is that, yeah, their, 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 their group stage was a little shaky like Samsung's was, but as soon as they got out of that and they started getting into quarterfinals and semifinals, this was like a different team. Like they were, they were monsters. They had Longzu like the the number one seat, and they dismantled them. They destroyed them. And then you really got to see like how dominant Samsung really was. Like, and they only dropped one game to RNG, who was by by far like the best China team or the ch- best Chinese t- team like in the in the tournament. Um, and I think that really set the pace. Like, I mean, we watched SKT struggle against like Misfits, which everybody like lost their minds about it. myself personally i thought it was great um <laughs> but yeah no you just and you saw like these guys like they they didn't take a year off though, since their last showing and i as a like an na fanboy and like a, a previous like dig volunteer right like dig toss big volunteer writer and stuff like that it was real nice to see core jj win because core jj used to be like you know he was like an okay adc back when he was playing for dignitas and now he's a world-class support right and I, i'm so happy he got recognized same with ambition too a big thing that people have been touching on is that faker dethroned ambition like five years ago or something like that and ambition came back and out jungled the shit out of everybody. Like he did, he had a wicked, wicked performance. So yeah, and, and, like I, I totally agree, man. Like Samsung needs credit where credits due, and they did, they did phenomenal. I actually had a chance to watch the whole game. I was, a, I was, I was at work or the whole, the whole series. I was at work that morning, and I just, I, I, productivity dropped that day. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine. I, I unfortunately wasn't able to watch them live. I honestly thought it was gonna be the other way. I thought SKT was just gonna blow them out. So I'm like, oh. I just kind of watch the games in the morning because I I thought I'd already kind of known the ending of it all, so I didn't feel the need to watch it all night. And when I saw that on Twitter, I was oh, yeah. I didn't believe it at first. I thought someone was just kind of trolling me. But then I started going checking Wolf, checking uh, Darren, and it was true. And I was I was a little upset. I didn't stay up to watch a game. <laughs> I mean, they I think they started at like four in the morning or three in the morning or something like that. So I mean. Yeah, it would have been like two thirty for me is when they would. Have oh started. yeah, yeah, true but, enough. Yeah, yeah. East Coast man, that's our that's our problem, man. Everything everything on the West Coast starts real late or real early. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up that topic there, and I think that's pretty good. But kind of going on to kind of keeping it on the national level, I guess you can kind of say, um, an article over from the Esports Observer, um, the British Esports Association joins the Sports and Recreation Alliance. And signs a mental health charter. So this happened over in Britain. And like he was kind of saying. The British Esports Association. The BEA. Has kind of joined the like sports and recreation. So that would be all the soccer clubs. Rugby clubs. All that kind of stuff. Um, like the representative body for that. To kind of keep the players. Keep the organizations. And all that kind of safe and healthy. And along with that. They signed their first mental health charter. To kind of watch after the health of that and seeing the impact that kind of these events and even going going back to Faker that you might uh, commenting on that mental health. So now in Britain, that is actually like a legal part of the organization of esports over there. So I guess I just don't know your thoughts on that, but I just think it's 
uh, the right step in kind of at the national level and for esports, because not only do you finally start getting recognition that it's now sports and recreation, like that's at a national level over in Britain. And also, we're starting to look outside of just the industry of the game, but also the players, which I think is really important for the growth of the industry. Yeah, I think this is one of those articles that like there's no there's no negative takeaways. Like everything about this is positive. They're they're finally recognizing that these players are players and they're professional players, and there's professional pressure that comes along with that, and that's huge. And to see to see an actual country sit there and be like, oh, this is something we need to focus on. That's great. That's there's nothing better than that. And I mean, like there are three major pledges, like physical activity uh, as a healthy companion to esports. Like, I mean, how, how often has, like, video games been associated with, you know, with obesity and stuff like that? So to see that alone is, like, associated with it, that's great. Um, to uh, to team up with mental health experts to help its members, that's wicked, too. You're actually having, you're actually having like, psychologists and, you know, that anybody in that field coming into the sport and helping these players. When, you know, sports psychologists were kind of like a new thing in esports about... A year ago, I think they started becoming pretty predominant that a lot of teams were picking them up. But to make that basically mandated in Britain, that's also great. And then the final thing was was recruit, recruit ambassadors with the personal experience of mental health problems to promote the charter. That's great because now you actually have somebody that you can directly look to and be like, oh, this guy or this girl has been through the same shit I'm experiencing. And they are, you know, this is how they got through it. Now you're having like real life connections that you can relate to in your field, right? Like, this isn't, you know, you're not having some, like, you know, guys like Faker and stuff like that, uh, like, having these mental breaks and having no one to kind of, like, help you cope with it because nobody really understands. Now you have people who are in that field that do understand that are going to be, I think, a greater asset to helping. So I think there's, there's, it's all, it's all positives across the board with this thing. Yeah. I, I don't even know what else I could say beyond that. Yeah, this is, the right step for esports is the right step for player health. This is just the right step in everything. That I don't think there anything needs to be said on top of what you did beyond good job, Britain. Good job, <laughs> yeah, BA. great job, Britain. Yeah. And I really hope that kind of the rest of the world, especially the United States, um, and even the Korea and China. I mean, I think those are some of the biggest kind of industries of esports right now, or countries that have esports in them. And I think that it's important that they kind of follow suit, because. That's great that Britain's doing it, but these other big countries that have a big esports presence, if they're not doing it, the industry isn't really moving forward. So I guess that's the one takeaway that may not yeah, be true all enough. good. Yeah, so that's... Not, we just need other people to get with the times too, right? Like that, and that's just it. I don't think they've really. I I haven't seen much coverage coming out of like South Korea or China or many of the you know the, the, the those countries really about this they may have already implemented this years ago and nobody's really talked about it right that's just the thing that's true so i mean like, if anything this this article might just bring the exposure to be like yeah we've been doing this for a while and it's great and these are all the results that we've seen from it so um but uh, we i think you and i both know for a fact that uh, like north america as a whole really hasn't done much about this so i hope yeah they see this this is a great example go from there um, yeah, just kind of going on to the next thing that I kind of found interesting. You actually linked this, and I have mixed feelings about it. But so Twitter kind of announced a new streaming platform. Like, I don't know if it's going to compete directly with Twitch, but they have announced something called Twitter Gaming. When just kind of the tweet they sent out was, Gaming is happening on Twitter live. Catch the streams and conversations all in one place. And then there's a video kind of following with that. But 
What are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's a lot of streaming platforms out there already. Is this really necessary? I, I think it's overkill. I think it's I think it's Twitter trying to like I mean Twitter is great for so many things with esports. Like every major caster, every major player, they all have a Twitter associated with them and stuff like that. That's all good, but I mean like there's there's more like there's everybody is way more competitive than that. Even like Facebook streaming is like isn't trying to catch up but isn't really doing an effective job. I don't think I don't think this is a, 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 like a, a productive move by Twitter. I don't think they're going to get much because t- Twitter is like it's a it's a feed based thing. You know what I mean? Like you you're not going to like scroll down, see a stream, and be like, oh okay, I'm going to tune into this and miss everything else that's going on in my Twitter feed, right? Like that's why that's why people have Twitch and stuff like that because it's independent. The platforms that like you know the stream is there. It doesn't go anywhere. You don't have to worry about it. Like you know getting balled up with a bunch of other stuff you just go look for your player and that's that's pretty much it so i don't i don't think it's effective i don't i think it's i think they're just kind of late to the party um i mean twitch and uh i can't remember what the other the other major streaming platform is in in korea or china it's one one of the two of them uses a primary one but those two kind of have like a monopoly on it right like that's that's their thing so i don't I, i think it's a waste of resources to be honest yeah, I mean, like I said, I have mixed feelings about this, and I guess I don't know where to start. I, It is never going to take away the League of Legends World Championship series from Twitch. No. It will never be that big. It, I mean, it will never take away any of those big events. I mean, maybe it could be... Um, I, I could see maybe they make a big deal with Blizzard... And, like, right now they have it so that, like, the Thursday night football games are streamed on Twitter. Or at least it was last season. I don't know if it still is. So, like, maybe one game a week is streamed only on Twitter for the uh, Overwatch League. I mean, I could maybe see it taking bits and pieces of the market, but it will never be the primary hub for esports. Um, every streaming platform has its own strengths. You mentioned Facebook Live. And I don't think a lot of people use that very much for events some people do obviously it's not the best way to do it if you're in the gaming industry at least but i could see it having its own kind of target market but if they're going after these big events they need to rethink it and try to tackle smaller things maybe tackle scrims or um just kind of stuff like that that aren't always watched very big on twitch so that they get a second chance on twitter might be the only place i could see it doing well yeah, I can see like some of the some of the smaller esports getting a bit more exposure through Twitter. Just tr- just trying to look for another avenue so they're not being overwhelmed by like the the League of Legends, the Dota's, the CS:GO's, and the the PUBG's of you know of Twitch, right? Like, I mean, the, like, and that's the thing too. Like, all these newer games that are they're becoming big, like Fortnite and PUBG and stuff like that. They got their exposure through Twitch. Like, that's that's where or yeah, Twitch. So that's where they went. So people are getting people know that's a proven method. So I don't. I can't see anybody really, like, buying into it. You know what I mean? And I don't see it being easy that just, like, anyone could do. I feel like it's only going to be these big events. Because, like, kind of, like, Periscope for Twitter is kind of, like, already that live streaming one. So they're not saying, oh, hey, Twitch uh, Twitch streamers, come stream on Twitter instead. They're saying this is the streaming platform for the big events. And I just think how they're kind of marketing it right now. This isn't going to go anywhere. I kind of agree it is a wasted resources. I mean, maybe they can tackle something, but right now with how they're marketing and how they're envisioning it, 
it's not going to do well. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on, but I don't know. I think Twitter could definitely be focusing their efforts in other places. Mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then going on, I mean, they – I just kind of mentioned back on Twitter. And I for mean, sure. I can see why they're doing this. I mean, because all the casters, like you're saying, are on that platform. There are people that go there for esports news. That's where I saw Samsung Galaxy 1. That's the first place people go to when they want to find out about things. So I could see that might be their thinking behind that. I, but yeah, I know. it's and, just a uh, cash grab. Not a cash grab, but just an effort to kind of capture that audience more, which may kind of backfire. Yeah, I know. I agree. Like, I mean, like that's uh, that's uh, one of the biggest things that we're, like I'm telling the the players that we're trying to recruit into like into honor is like Twitter is a great platform to be exposed and stuff like that. But that's where people look for players. That's where people look for personal things, not not streams. You know what I mean? Like everybody, it's it's a common associate. You you think streaming, you think Twitch. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't like I don't know. Maybe maybe Twitter will grab hold and stuff like that. And I can see maybe some of these bigger corporations make it make a deal with Twitter that their players like. Well, now that we're moving into franchising, and now that like it's like Twitter is so much more known to these bigger franchises maybe they'll there'll be a lot of partnerships and stuff like that we might see a blow up that way um that 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 could be an option but i don't i again i don't know man like i i think twitch is the like the proven method and i think that's what a lot of people are just gonna default to yeah no i definitely agree with all that and unfortunately kind of moving on to the next article from the score esports um, the energy esports manager fired following sexual assault allegations. I don't think we need to go into the specifics of what kind of happened, but the manager uh, reportedly assaulted a Twitch streamer for energy, and there's pictures and stuff to kind of prove it through text and stuff like that. So it's not just an allegation, but always kind of a bummer to see these things kind of going on, and you're seeing more and more of these kind of in the world today i'm the weinstein and all that stuff they seem to be coming up every single day i'm glad people are coming forward i don't want to say i'm sick of hearing this like will people just stop bringing this up like you i want people to become this because it is a very serious topic but it just sucks to see this stuff happening so consistently yeah, it's 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 like I mean, for for lack of a better word, man, it's pretty screwed up. Like, uh, I mean, I do, I I do appreciate NRG's uh, like mandate. They like there was no hesitation. They 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 fired. I think I, I yeah, they 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 fired Maxwell Bateman like immediately. Like there was no there was no hesitation. Oh yeah, the other just like yeah, no no, that's it, that's done. We're not we're not we're not being bought into this at all. So I mean. It was it was a pretty pretty quick and done deal, um, but yeah no like I it's kind of hard to believe man like and it's it's a sin to see because you never in the early stages of esports and stuff like that like this wasn't this wasn't a thing like we didn't have to worry about this right like the and I can see some backlash from the esports community like seeing these bigger corporate like corporations being associated with this and stuff like that that's what we start dealing with with these large sums of money start to happen like i mean with hollywood it's a huge problem too right like you see all these issues where there's so much money at stake that nobody wants to come forward nobody wants to say something it's nice that people are it's great that people are right but i i'm afraid that that could be the way this is going where like again like there's so much money associated nobody wants to nobody wants to say anything at the risk of losing you know what they've what they've kind of built up on their own so i hope this is putting like this is setting an example really quick that these these small these like 
where this is kind of new and stuff like that that people recognize there's no screwing around man like you if you do something slimy like that like you know the you're you're out like you you know you're never make you're never making it in this industry again so i hope i hope this this kind of lays the, the groundwork for this and then we we don't see much more of it yeah and i mean i guess all i really had to say on this is people be better don't be a creep <laughs> don't do anything slimy respect people respect women respect men just don't be that guy yeah everyone man. knows that guy and don't be that guy and organizations follow what nrg did don't defend don't say we'll look into it if there's any kind of proof zero tolerance you put that down i mean obviously you don't want just to be firing people left and right because there's an accusation that comes up on twitter every day but this girl put pictures online and they're like of the text like there's proof you fire instantly there is no question about it and if you aren't doing that you instantly lose my respect because you know what's going on you know what's expected of you and you're as bad as the person sexually assaulting if you do not take immediate action yeah and i mean and like that was the the one plus coming out of the story is that that you know as soon as it went public that was the end of it like it yeah, it went public in the morning, and by like the, like Andy Miller's tweet, the uh, the chairman of NRG went out. It was at one nineteen, and he already dealt with it. Like it had already been addressed, and that is that is great, and that's good. And but that's unfortunately the only good thing coming out of this, right? Yeah, but yeah, I guess there's not too much to say. This is going on a lot in the world. Unfortunately, I have a feeling we'll probably have to bring up another article with a name like this. Sadly, it's just kind of the world we're in today, and we hope that these industries start taking steps to prevent it and eventually when people see that there's going to be repercussions that in the long run it stops but kind of moving on to a little happier topic we are somehow talking about league of legends again today <laughs> i don't think a lot of you are surprised i wanted to kind of save this for the last topic because it's a little more fun kind of following the stupidness of the previous article with nrg and all that kind of stuff but preseason's right around the corner yes. i mean now that worlds is done preseason starts in two days we have the big reworks all that kind of stuff we have new champion coming out which i actually just found out about today and she sounds kind of ridiculous i like yeah man i've seen some gameplay like trailer on her yeah yeah i've seen some gameplay i've actually been playing a ton of the pbe as well just to kind of get used to the new runes and masteries yeah it's, so yeah tell me about your experience with seeing her play and uh playing in pbe because i haven't done any of that yet so what are we expecting yeah 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 so in regards to her um unfortunately today was i think was when she went live and then she was brought down immediately for bug reworks and fixes and stuff like that so kind of yeah yeah which is expected right that's why we have a pbe right that's why this one it gets addressed that way um but as far as like the new runes of masteries man like they are they are wicked i think we're gonna see I think we're going to see, because of it, in in looking into like the esports market, we're going to see players have a much more defined play style. We're going to see some pros who are like really finding their niche and stuff like that, and like, these these new masteries cater to them. Um, I there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of like I've seen. I mean, like that being said, like the PBE, the ranking is kind of like it's it's kind of a skew. I find a lot of the players are you don't see many many high elo players. I mean, I'm I'm by no means a, like a pro player, but I mean. I'm I'm diamond five and I like I like there was you see a lot of like the bronze and silver and the the gold level players and stuff like that so I feel like because I've been seeing so much diversity 
it may just be inexperience in trying to people trying to find what work. That being said, my roommate, who's the same rank as me, busted out some ridiculous Ezreal build. It was the most terrifying thing I ever seen. So I think we're gonna see <laughs> a lot of a lot of variety, and I think it's gonna be great, man. I think it's good for the game. The game was like with that with those you've seen so many cookie cutter builds. So and I think it, again back into the esports scene, it's gonna draw more people in because there's more variety now, right? There's not there's not okay, you know, it's you have your your AD page, you have your AP page, and you have your tank page. There's there's way more to it now, man. So I think with that much diversity, it's gonna draw more people in to watch the game as well. That, so yeah, so you definitely think that this is gonna kind of expand the meta and that these outside kind of crazy picks are going to be more common because they're going to be viable now. I think so. Yeah. I think the, the, the masteries kind of make up for some, some undertuning and stuff like that because just of how the mastery interacts with the kit of certain champions, it's going to make it very effective. I think it's, I think it's going to be a, a big deal. Like for example, one of the, the newest, uh, one of the newer ones that they hadn't mentioned, I think it was one of the later release one, is Kleptomancy, which is basically, you have a chance to like generate like random items and random money and stuff like that. And I mean, I for my, myself, I haven't seen Udyr in ages. I haven't seen Udyr in like since season five. And I use that with him and like the amount of money you generate is ridiculous. So it makes these these kind of like off, obscure builds, like the split push Udyr and stuff like that, it makes it viable. So I think you're going to see people busting these things out because they know they can and they've practiced with it and there i think there still is going to be a meta game the meta game is never really going to go anywhere but i think the meta is just going to expand i think it's going to get wider it's still going to be there's still going to be a refined meta but it's going to be there's like you know you like when you see a yaswo and stuff like that it's not gonna be like oh god okay it's oh this guy is going you know like x x mastery on it not you know y and that's why this works kind of better so i think yeah, man, I think it's going to bring more viewership. I think it's going to be more healthier for the game. I think it's going to be healthier for the players, too, because they get to play more fun shit, right? So, yeah. I, I think so be... what I'm hearing is that there's a chance that the Quinn meta may come back. Oh, my God, man. I don't know if there ever was a Quinn meta. There was a Quinn meta. The Quinn meta was a, it was briefly lived. It was when Lethality was running rampant. Yes, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so um, actually, and the, the, one of my new favorite ones has been uh, Predator. Which is like they brought back boot and chance for this one thing, and Ooh. it gives you like a massive speed increase. It gives you basically like a dead man's plate except faster, and it gives you like damage once you intercept. So I feel like with that, with Quinn's like burst and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised. I Man, she'll blow up a squishy in like no time, and you can snowball with that so quick. I am one hundred percent testing that out on Wednesday. Definitely, man. Game yes. one through fifty will be me going zero and three hundred as my Quinn main. I can't wait, man. I usual. can't wait. We'll definitely have to play Wednesday and kind of test all that out, and we will definitely be talking more League of Legends. I mean, if you are listening to this podcast and not expecting a good day's dose of League of Legends, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> and with preseason coming up, with the new teams being announced. With me still being in silver, very low silver, you'll be hearing about all that kind of stuff coming up. But that's kind of the big articles from this week. I mean, is there anything I missed, James, or is there anything you kind of wanted to bring up? Um, the other thing I, I kind of wanted to touch on, um, and this was a little while, it was it was a uh, a little bit ago, not too not nothing too unrecent or anything, but. It was uh, it was just to, to follow suit with I, I hate to go back to it with NRGs unfortunately dealing with their yep. manager um, newbie one of the players that are the teams out of Korea had to or no China, I think they're China they're one of the two um, 
had did demonstrated the same kind of like swift dealing with one of their players who had a similar domestic dispute. Um, I don't, Andrew, I don't know if you watched in season four when LMQ was a big team. Um, no. Okay, so their ADC was a, a guy by the name of Vasily, and Vasily was like one of these hyper aggressive players and stuff like that. And um, yeah, there was he was streaming and he domestically like assaulted his his girlfriend like on stream too. So I mean like, the, yeah, that got leaked real quick. And of thankfully, newbie also dealt with it really quick. So that's why I think like the, this mental health act that Britain implemented and stuff like that. If we see that elsewhere, these these underlying anger issues that kind of are associated with not just league, but with like any game, any game you see emotions run high and stuff like that. So with those, that's an understatement. Exactly. Right. So I think with these, with the mental health becoming such like a predominant issue now, I think this will kind of quell or address some of these issues or even get these guys help that like, you know, the proper help that they need to kind of get these things under control. Right. So just to kind of tie everything together, under an unfortunate circumstance, I think where the direction that esports is going, despite like these things happening, are m- making a bigger push for mental health to become a bigger issue. So, yeah, no, that's really good to touch on. And yeah, all the steps we're taking are the right one. We've hopefully learned from other industries already, and we're not going to make those wrong steps right off the bat. And then we're going to kind of tackle those big things right away to kind of help us grow a little quicker than. I mean, we've been able to watch movies, TVs, music, grow their industry forever. So we can kind of take the goods and the bads from that and kind of bring that together so that esports can grow the best possible way. Absolutely, yeah. But that's all the news we have for this week. Thank you so much, James, for kind of trying out this new format rather than kind of going to the big topics. We'll kind of be looking at this format kind of for maybe the future. We'll kind of decide on it future. This there just wasn't any big news to kind of see this week a couple cool things here and there but this may be the future format just so you guys kind of know we haven't decided yet we're trying to figure this out as well as you guys are i mean we don't know exactly where we want to go we're just trying to talk about esports in the best possible way that gets you guys the most content so as always you can always find me on twitter at nims41 nimz41 i am on league of legends at quinnet Two, the number two win it. You will see me attempting to bring that meta back all the next couple of months. Outside of that, I'll let you close off, James, and thank you all our listeners for uh, listening this week. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at James A-R-E Graham. Um, all one word. No, 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 no underscores or anything fancy. And on League, you can find me on my main, uh, Howie, H-A-O-W-I-I, and Howitzer, same thing. Just tuck a, chuck a T-Z-E-R at the end of that. Um, I will probably be dragging Andrew's corpse around trying to get him some free wins. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, that's uh, that's it for me. That's, uh, I think that's it for Andrew, too. So thanks for listening.